0: Hello and welcome to the Sexual Happiness Podcast from Love Honey, the podcast where we answer your questions about sex and sex toys. I'm Nick, head of editorial here at Love Honey, and this week I'm delighted to be joined by one of Love Honey's resident sex experts and certified sexologist, Cam Fraser, and we are going to be talking all about tantric sex. So welcome, Cam. Hey, man. Thanks for having me back on. Excellent. So uh, yeah, Cam, do you want to tell us uh, tell us, and our listeners a little bit about yourself?
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, obviously my name's Cam. I am a um, sexologist and I also work as a men's sex coach. And uh, I guess like the work that I try and do, it integrates the kind of like medically accurate, scientifically validated sexual health education with the let's say spiritual and esoteric teachings from the more kind of mystical traditions. And, um, you know, I, I find a lot of value in both of those worlds. And so I try and blend those together in the content that I produce and the education that I offer. It's taken a while for me to get there. And, uh, I've, I've done a whole bunch of, you know journeying around the world which has been really fantastic i feel very privileged to be able to do that and um part of that has been like yoga teacher training and meditation and plant medicine and things like this so i feel um i used to work as actually as a tantric yoga teacher so i feel very uh, this is this is this conversation is going to bring back some nostalgia for me from from an earlier part of my career excellent well this is
0: why we got you on to talk about tantric sex we understand you are the person to talk to but before we get into that world of, of tantric sex, um, it's time for our You Can Never Know Enough About Sex section. And this is where we share an interesting fact that we've discovered over the course of the last week. So, have you got a fact for us, Cam? You
1: I do, man. And this is like, uh, this is a bit of a, a geeky fact. This is a bit of a nerdy fact. It's got to do with sex research. Because um, I'm writing uh, a script for a video that I'm doing for my YouTube channel about uh, erectile dysfunction and the history of it. And so I found out just yesterday, actually, that the, uh, the questionnaire that we often use in terms of research and in all, uh, also as a diagnostic tool to determine if someone's got erectile dysfunction is called the IIEFT-5, which is the five-item version of the International Index of Erectile Function. But uh, this, this questionnaire was developed in 1997. It was actually funded by Pfizer. And Pfizer, for people that don't know, is the company that produces Viagra. So we've got this uh, diagnostic tool that we're using to diagnose people with erectile dysfunction that is also, you know, was created by the people that are trying to sell us the erectile dysfunction medication so there's a massive conflict of interest there but for some reason 22 or so years later we still use this same research questionnaire we still use the same um diagnostic tool uh, and i just find that super interesting that there's uh that there's this um you know glaring conf- conflict of interest and i'm not saying it's conspiratorial or there's some nefarious intentions i just thought that maybe we shouldn't be necessarily using this uh you know this company's uh diagnostic criteria because they're trying to sell us that that medication as well so um that's what i found out yesterday and i was like wow that's pretty pretty intense intense is the word yeah <laughs> well what are we going to do with that information <laughs> no, i don't know about it yet. yeah i'm still processing it myself <laughs> um brilliant so, so i uh
0: i've looked at what's been going on in, in the news around sex and sex facts this week and um I found that uh, social media has been set alight by a video of two monkeys performing, uh, two gorillas even, performing oral sex in front of lots of visitors at the Bronx Zoo. Um, Families, children, didn't know where to look. Um, So, yeah, but apparently, uh, according to people who know what they're talking about um, around animals and sexuality, completely normal and um, gorillas, monkeys, and other creatures quite often uh, go at it with the uh, with the old oral so um wow oh, yeah. yeah and as part of the article i read as well that uh generally speaking chimps are pretty boring and they <laughs> only go for kind of missionary position or, or doggy style but bonobos or bonobos i'm not quite sure how you pronounce it the the article said um it's like they've read the karma sutra and they will do everything and anything um Uh, we'll get them some free shopping accounts at Love Honey as
1: well. (laughs) That's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's a great sex fact.
0: Without saying this out of the way, let's move on to our hot topic, which is what is tantric sex and how can you try it? So, Cam, I have to confess that I'm rather ignorant around tantric sex. So I think we're going to take this, um, the kind of the nuts and bolts of it to to start with. Um, So let's just start. What is tantric sex?
1: Yeah, I guess, uh, I, I, and I'll keep this as um, entry level as possible, I suppose, because there is a whole beautiful historical, philosophical kind of concept of tantra, which um, it, I find it super fascinating. But it's probably not for this particular conversation. But I just wanted to throw that in there that there is this like really rich lineage of tantra from um, northern India, and there's also branches of it in southern India and uh, and places in the Himalayas as well. So uh, if people interested interested i i highly recommend kind of checking out classical tantra but when we're talking about tantric sex in maybe like the lay person's way of thinking about it, that kind of entry level way of thinking about it, we're kind of referring to what's called neo tantra or maybe new age tantra, or sometimes even called Californian tantra, um, because of the the Western way of kind of thinking about this really ancient uh, spiritual teachings, I suppose. So um, that's the distinction that I just wanted to offer to begin with uh, for people that maybe are familiar with more classical tantra. Is we're going to be talking about the the new age stuff and. Um, um, essentially, tantric sense in in that respect then is uh, it's the principle, I suppose, of like trying to bring more uh, like for some people the word sacredness comes to mind or some sort of uh, depth or spirituality into their sexual experiences into their sexual acts and that can be either with themselves we can practice solo tantric sex or we can practice tantric sex with a partner or partners and um and that, so that can kind of look a little bit different the, the the definition here i suppose is is opening up and becoming a little bit more vague as i as i kind of talk about it but the idea is bringing in some more reverence some sacredness some depth some meaning and some connection into your sexual experience and um and, and the reason why I use that particular definition is because um, it then starts to lend itself to um, like thinking of of bringing tantric sex into a more um, – I guess like we can use it in a bunch of different ways. It doesn't have to be like – it doesn't have to look a particular way and, and I, I know we'll get into that. But for just like as a working definition, it's about bringing – that deeper reverence respect and like we talk about energy in a second as well it's bringing like that energetic component that that kind of awareness consciousness mindfulness component into your sexual experiences and there's a whole bunch of different ways to do that which i really find fascinating uh, but at, at the kind of uh, definitional level let's let's leave it at that
0: so do you need to be practicing other forms of kind of yoga or meditation or, or spiritual um you know practices i guess to, to to be able to get involved in tantric sex
1: um i don't necessarily think so i think like some sort of rudimentary kind of understanding of um things like for example the chakra system which is a uh, essentially a um a system of mapping energy through the body it's quite it's like a metaphysical way of understanding how um areas of the body Hold different types of um types of tension as well as different types of emotions and um I mean the chakra system itself maps into uh, our endocrine glands quite um fascinatingly as well so like a bit of an understanding of that would be helpful and I can talk a little bit briefly into that as well um but just some uh, like it it can help like having that like basic knowledge I suppose before you start exploring what tantric sex is but there's also it's not a necessity. There's ways you can start to explore what tantric sex kind of means for you and what tantra or neo-tantra means for you uh, without having a prior background. There's some pretty simple things that you can start to do, which um, I'm happy to to speak into, and I'm, I'm keen to share some practicalities as well. Yeah, so that would be my next question. So how, how do you get started? Right. What's, what's, the, what's your building block? Yeah, so um, I guess the first thing, uh, like I mentioned, I alluded to was like the chakra system. That's like something to – to like, if you if you Google tantric sex, literally every single person talking about tantric sex will mention the chakra system at some point. So to give a very basic understanding of what that is, um, the uh, we can think of the chakras as the seven primary chakras. A chakra is a, you um, know. I apologise for people that know Sanskrit as well. The word chakra is a uh, Sanskrit term. I'm pronouncing it very Westernised, very Anglo-Saxon. Um, so I apologise for people that that know the um, how to pronounce it properly. Uh, the idea behind a chakra is that it's a it's a um, locus of energy in your body, or it's a focal point of energy in your body. Chakra means wheel in um, Sanskrit, and so there's these wheels of energy throughout the body, and there's seven primary chakras or energy centres in the body. And they like I said, line up with the endocrine system actually. Um, but if we're thinking like anatomically where they might be, you've got your root or your base chakra, which is your, um, it's kind of your perineum, that space in between the genitals and the anus, sometimes called the root and it's color coded as well. So it's the color of red and Judith for people that are familiar kind of formulated that whole system of colors and, and chakras together. Uh, and then we move up to and that's called Muladhara chakra. We move up to what's called Svadhisthana chakra, which is um, your sex center. It's kind of just above your genitals. It's uh, the color orange. Uh, and, and all, all these are, have elements with them as well. So the root chakra is the earth element. The sex or sexual center, the sexual chakra, Svadhisthana chakra is the um, water element uh, there's a lot of symbolism in kind of the mystical tradition, traditions with water being analogous or or you know, a metaphor for sexuality um, and sexual energy, the water symbolism there. Um, we move up a little higher to um, the solar plexus and this area of the body is known as um, Manapura chakra, which is the color yellow. It's got the element of uh, fire as well uh, in this area of the body. Then we move up a little higher to the um, Anahata chakra, which is the heart center or the center of the chest. It's actually the only "quote unquote" energy center that's found across all spiritual traditions. Is the center of the chest? Uh, it's the color green and it's the element of air. Then we move up a little higher to the throat. We've got what's called Vishuddha chakra, which is the color blue. Um, there's a uh, this is taken from classical tantra. The the deity Shiva has a blue throat. He's known for speaking the truth and for connecting th- through his voice. Uh, hence, the color blue for Vishuddha chakra. Um, and the 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 element is ether. And uh, we move up a little higher to. The third eye, this is called Ajna chakra, or the space in between the eyebrows and slightly above. The color is uh, sometimes purple. Purple's m- the most common um, color for it. The element is um, is like s- space, essentially, like spaciousness. Uh, and then we move up a little higher to the crown of the head. And this is known as Sahasrara chakra. And the um, color is, is typically white. And there is no element. It's it's the 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 void of elements. And the idea behind tantric sex essentially is to engage with all of those seven areas of the body and the energies that are associated with them. And so we can kind of think of them as being like, you know, we, we spoke of the elements so that they, they, they're really dense down the bottom and they get lighter as you go up. Uh, and the idea behind that is like, and we'll speak about sexual energy in a second, but sexual energy is this really dense, heavy substance that a lot of us carry around. And the idea behind tantric sex is that you're through, you know, through sex, through the act of sex and and sexual practices, you're heating up that energy. You're starting to awaken it, starting to to connect with it, and you want to move it up the body. You want to take it from those kind of lower, denser, heavier areas of the body, uh, particularly Sahasrara chakra. No, sorry, uh, Svatastana chakra, that orange sexual center, and you want to move that up the spine and up the body and start to connect with the other areas. So I said that mapped onto the endocrine glands. If people are familiar uh, with the endocrine glands, they might be able to pinpoint what those are. But you've got things like the gonads down the bottom, um, the thyroid, uh, the uh, pineal gland, and things like that. So um, it's it's quite a fascinating system of understanding the body that we um, kind of adapted and, and took from these uh, ancient traditions. But that that's that's kind of the 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 first thing you can do is is just tune in with those areas of your body. Like, how many of us have like said, "Oh, how are my solar plexus feeling right now?" You know, how's my perineum feeling right now, or how's my, how does my, how's my throat feel? Uh, and so the that awareness and that mindfulness, the the chakra system just gives you a map of the body to start tuning in. Uh, so when you're being sexual, either alone or with your partner, you can start to ask those questions like. Or do I feel any pleasure in my perineum? Do I feel any pleasure in my solar plexus? What about in the center of my chest? Like, what do I notice there? And oftentimes you might notice some tension in one of these areas of the body. It's very common for us to hold tension in actually all seven of those areas, but there might be one particular area for you or your partner that stands out. It's very common for us to hold tension around the throat, and for us to kind of close down and be be tight through the shoulders and the top of the chest and through the clavicles. Uh, there's a lot of stigma around making noise, for example, when we're being sexual and and for vocalizing our pleasure. So one of the practices of of tantric sex, for example, like a very practical thing that you can do is start to sound, is start to make noise. And um, if you want to be really esoteric about it, you could you know, you could chant a mantra or you could be um, making, you know, you could, you could say om and you could, you know, could be really spiritual about it. Or if you want to be a bit more uh, let's say westernized and not so spiritual about it, you just want to be kind of like, you know, mainstream, just start to tune into like what it feels like to make sound. You know, you could, you could hum or you could groan or grunt or just make a noise and notice how it feels when your throat vibrates. When you're in that heightened state of pleasure, you might find that it's actually quite pleasurable to notice that vibration through the throat, and then does that vibrate a little bit further out, maybe into your chest and into other areas of your body. So that's a it's a very simple, you know, quote unquote tantric practice, tantric sex practice is making noise. Um, another one is is breath as well. It's a really practical one that's talked about, and all all tantric sex uh, teachers will tell you about breathing. Um, and the the idea behind it is like. You can you can control how you feel, right, based on your nervous system, I suppose, the, the type of nervous system that you're engaging with, whether it's your sympathetic nervous system or parasympathetic nervous system, by breathing in a certain way. So if you change your breathing from the thorax up in the chest to breathing down into the diaphragm, down into the belly, if you've ever gone to a yoga class, you'll hear a yoga teacher say, Oh, breathe into your belly, breathe down into breathe down into uh, you know. That, that lower half of your body, what they're referring to is like engaging the diaphragm when you breathe, because when you do that, you're engaging your parasympathetic nervous system, which is going to help you relax. It's going to help you feel more literally. And um, and so that's, you know, if we think about where that is on the chakra system, for example, we might be hitting the, the that kind of heart center, that Anahata chakra. We might be hitting the Manapura chakra, the solar plexus and opening up and relaxing through those areas of the body so that we can feel more through those parts of the body you know there's a uh, another practice uh, from tantric sex which is to like it's almost like a kegel exercise um and it's called um uh it's called muladhara bandha which and bandha is another sanskrit word that just means lock And that's a it's a yogic or tantric practice and it's in it's squeezing your your pubic oxygen muscle squeezing your pelvic floor muscles and the idea behind that is it um not only does it help kind of strengthen the sensations and strengthen the muscles around that part of your body which can lead to maybe a a stronger orgasm but in an energetic sense it's um it's moving like a pump it's pumping energy up the spine up the body which i uh, was saying before is like one of the principles of tantric sex is you want to move that sexual energy up the spine so that goes through your whole body um so there's a so I mean that's just three like really practical things. Is like making noise, is breathing deeply into the belly, and is squeezing your PC muscle. Um, but there's uh, there's a whole whole host of other things that you can do. But that's like a real basic introduction, I suppose, at, mapped onto the chakra system, which is something that's very common. It's fascinating. This. Um,
0: <laughs> uh, so you you mentioned doing it alone or doing it with couples. Is what would you say is the best way to to get started? Is it is it to start on your own or you no, know, I, I guess it depends how comfortable you feel with your partner in, uh, in, in many ways, but um yeah. What would you, what would your advice be you sort of practicing these, these techniques?
1: Yeah. I mean, the um, my, per- this is my personal philosophy, which is um, that we should be doing things by ourselves before we maybe start to do them with a partner so that we, uh, we get an understanding and a familiarity with them uh, alone, I suppose. And, and that comfortableness by doing them by ourselves. Uh, but like, You'll see a lot of um, like tantric sex practitioners, I suppose, um, kind of speaking about the the power of doing something with another person, and the reason why there's a lot of emphasis on like partnered practices is because another another principle of, of tantric sex is the idea of sharing energy with another person or connecting in with their sexual energy and amplifying your own. And um, one of the things that they'll often talk about, and you know, I say they, I, I was one of those people before as well I I, I could still remember the language um, is the the uh, what's called polarity which is this connection between masculine and feminine energy uh, and the idea here is that it's 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 energy not anatomy it's 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 energy not biology so it can be practiced by any any two people essentially um, one person tapping into what they feel is their masculine energy and another person tapping into what they feel is their feminine energy and creating that um, almost like the two opposite ends of a magnet creating that kind of polarity that tension that that sexual chemistry between those two areas so um so when you're engaging with another person that's kind of the idea is that um you yeah, know they use a very um oftentimes tantra or neo tantra um, sexes they use a very uh, uh heteronormative example and and so i'll i'll use that example here um so heterosexual couple, the idea behind sharing energy with that person. Um, if you're the, the man in that heterosexual relationship is the sexual energy goes, uh, out of your, what's called lingam, right? So another Sanskrit word lingam, which is, uh, uh, means, uh, from what I understand, wand of light in Sanskrit, but it's a, um, eponym for penis. And, um, that goes uh, right. and so it's penetrative, right? The masculine in a male body is that kind of penetrative energy. The way that it's kind of framed in that heteronormative sense. So the the energy flows out of the penis uh, and goes into the uh, what's called the yoni, which is the the name for well, the Sanskrit name for a um, vagina, and um, uh, it, it's the I think the translation is. Um, or oh, I think it's 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 cave. It's some sort of esoteric cave translation from what I remember. Um, but the idea is like that the the feminine is is receptive. It receives that energy. There are feminine or the woman in this heterosexual kind of encounter moves that energy up her body and um, and shares from like uh, so sends it back out from the heart space. So the, the feminine is penetrative from, from the heart. One of the ways of thinking about this anatomically in, in these scenarios is through the breasts. The, the breasts are like they give, they um, express milk, for example, or they, they kind of give uh, whatever you want to think about it energetically. Uh, and so the man receives through the heart in this heterosexual example, right? So, uh, and so there's this this loop created of, of sharing sexual energy, I suppose, with each other. Um, and that's oftentimes called the, uh, the macrocosmic cosmic orbit, um, which is a, a, a name that's taken from the uh, Taoist tradition. So you, you often see like Taoist practices and Tantric practices kind of m- mixed in with each other. There's like a Tantric tradition of Buddhism, for example. Uh, so there's, there's often some borrowing of, of phrases and practices. Uh, so, so, that's that's like the the quote unquote that's the power of uh, doing a, a tantric sex practice with another person is you have that opportunity I suppose to share that energy with that other person and kind of create that amplified experience which you don't necessarily have an opportunity to do by yourself. And so if you're doing that circling of energy like I was just describing, when you're alone, that's called the microcosmic orbit. So you're alone. You've just got your own body to work with. You move the energy through your body. Uh, the microcosmic, if you're sharing it with another person, it's called the macrocosmic orbit. So so that's the that's the kind of reasoning behind why you might want to do it by yourself. Um, my personal philosophy, you can practice things without, you know, all the other added pressure from another person. But if you're doing it with another person, you've got the opportunity there to explore these maybe more amplified practices.
0: I guess um, for someone who's not really encountered um tantric sex before um it, it sounds like it's something you've got to work at and it's not you know yeah it's not just going to fall in your lap oh i'm doing this now this is great um so what, now how long do you think it would take to not necessarily master it but more you know start to feel the benefits of it start to feel oh, I've, I've done i've done my reading or in this case the listening how long do you think it would, you know you, you know what i'm saying how,
1: how long Yeah. I mean, I, I've had some, like when I first started exploring this myself, if I was to share like my own experience, like essentially the first time that I tried it, like it, it changed sex for me because I hadn't been having sex in that way at all my whole entire life, um, or my whole entire sexually active life. So when I, um, yeah, a lot of what we're, what I'm describing here is, is like you essentially you're you're just being a lot more mindful and aware, and and also slowing down. It takes you know some some time to actually do these things. So you're you're like in terms of the the I guess the practical you know aspect of the way that you're having sex, you're just like a lot more present with what's happening in that moment. You're you're actually paying a lot more attention to things, not only how you're feeling physically and noticing sensations in your body, but also it kind of brings that extra element of. Or how does this feel kind of like atmospherically or energetically? Or just kind of what's the vibe? What's the mood here? What do I notice um with that kind of intuition sense that I have? Um, which for, for me personally, I had never been doing when I was having sex. I was just kind of going through the motions. And sex was great, it was pleasurable, but it was it, there was no um extra element to it, I suppose, that um the first time I practiced, you know, one of these tantric sex exercises, I was like, wow, this is but it was a completely new experience for me. So, um, so if I kind of share from that space, not very long at all, right? You can, and you don't have to implement every single one of the things that you might read or that are, that you're hearing me suggest. Like, you might just try making sound the next time you have sex and notice how that feels, and that could totally change it. It did for me when I first started making noise when I was having sex. It, it radically changed the experience that I had. Uh, but you might like to just try. Breathing with your partner next time, and slowing things down in terms of the the thrusting that you're doing to be a bit more mindful of, like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm giving to my partner, or my partner is kind of giving to me, um, and there's this sharing of, of energy here. How does that change the the dynamic of the experience um, to bring that little bit of extra reverence or sacredness into the into the container? So, um, so I would say, you know, not not very long, but if you want to get like a good grasp and try to bring. All the elements together. I suppose it'll take a, a little bit longer, and and I would say, like, you know, depending on how often you're you're practicing or how often you're having sex, you could probably like start to get a pretty good grasp on putting all the things together. About a month of of just like paying attention to these things and practicing them and noticing how they feel, um, you could probably get into a good rhythm um, and and have a tantric sex session uh, and start to kind of play around with it a little bit uh, without getting too wrapped up in, oh, am I doing my breathing right? Am I doing my squeezing right? Um, within about a month, I reckon.
0: Excellent. Well, then, listeners, that's your homework for
1: tonight. <laughs> <night>. Totally.
0: <laughs> Probably not. We're all aware of the benefits of sex. Are there you know, specific benefits, you believe, um, from practicing tantric sex?
1: Yeah. I mean, the the benefits are, are things I kind of alluded to already is like there's um, – there's like more noticing. So, um, you know, a lot of the times, particularly for like I work with a lot of, um, you know, cishet men. And a lot of times these guys that I work with are just kind of going through the motions when it comes to sex. And um and there's this almost like a sense of disconnection from the actual experience that they're having. Um, and so a benefit of tantric sex, like I was mentioning before, is that it really brings you into the present moment um, because you've got to be, you've got to be focused, I suppose, on, on kind of what you're doing and, and noticing all these these separate and different things. Um, so the benefit there is like really starting to fine-tune your connection to your partner and your connection to your own body, which, um, uh, yeah, like I said, for a lot of uh, – at least for a lot of the men that I work with, they they struggle to have or they they don't have or they haven't thought about before. So um, so that's one of the the benefits that I think is like really um, specific to to Tantric sex. Um As well as like, if you're already practicing spirituality, if you're, if you've already got a, like an existing spiritual practice, like yoga or meditation or prayer or or something else, um, the bringing the sexual element through like tantric sex or through just bringing like the integration of spirituality and sexuality together can really amplify and intensify your spiritual practices. Right. I kind of think of it like this is, is like sexual energy for me to put like a real, concrete definition of what i'm talking about is say you're say you're doing something physical like you're you're it like maybe you're at the gym or you're just like doing something maybe you're helping someone move you're helping them lift a couch or, or whatever it is but you're just doing you're doing something physical you're going for a run physically exerting yourself and someone who you like who you find attractive kind of enters your field of vision you kind of notice them out of the corner of your eye oh they're pretty good looking and they maybe flash you a smile and you're like, oh they kind of, Oh, they, they kind of notice me and they, they, you know, they, they flirting with me a little bit and you get this kind of little burst of physical energy. Maybe you run a little bit harder or you kind of s- straighten up a little bit more. You lift that box that you're carrying just a little bit higher. Uh, or the, you go for an extra rep at the gym and that little burst of energy there from that spark of attraction. That's what I refer to as sexual energy, right? That's, that's that, you know, little burst that we get um but we can we can play out with that little burst and the key to knowing uh, like about that sexual energy is that it's not dependent upon that other person right that that came from within you and you can explore that more and you can bring that into anything that you do um like a yoga practice for example or a um a meditation practice can you bring that little burst of sexual energy in and, and expand it and work with it and feel it in different parts of your body um so in terms of like i suppose well i I think i drifted away from what the question was but um uh, like in terms of uh in terms of like exploring tantric sex as well and and like just i guess like in terms of exploring your your spiritual practices in general um that'd be something that i encourage people to do is like notice that little spark of attraction that they have Notice, notice that little burst of of sexual energy that they might get anywhere and um and see what it feels like. And remember it and see if you can bring it into into like the next time that you're being sexual either with yourself or, or with your partner and um and see if you can play around with that a bit more.
0: Cool. And um it's probably a fairly obvious one really, but your your surroundings, I guess it's really important to consider those as well, you know,
1: the wear and the, the your, your ambiance, if you like. Um, right you get started. totally man and and so this is like what i refer to as um creating a container for your experience and you know sim- like I, again similar to maybe if, if someone's practicing yoga they might you know put their yoga clothes on uh they might lay down the yoga mats they might light some incense uh they might put on a particular type of music they might make sure that they're in a quiet environment quiet space to do it it may be in a certain room of the house All those things that you're doing are essentially creating a bit of a ritual, a ritual experience for yourself and and not ritual in kind of the mundane everyday kind of ritual, but ritual in the sense of like, okay, this was an intentional thing that I did because I'm doing this particular practice that you you can bring that same thing into the sex that you're having. And, And a lot of tantric sex is about ritualizing the experience in the sense of like being really intentional about Okay, we're going to maybe, you know, uh, it's some very simple examples like, okay, light some candles or put a particular type of music on or um, wear a particular type of clothing or uh, put some particular type of bed sheets down or whatever it is, right? This is very like straightforward examples, but it could be something completely unique to you and your partner that kind of says to you psychologically, okay, we're doing this with intention and there's a reason for it. And it's kind of bringing that extra, um, mindfulness and an extra awareness to your to to the space and to the container, which is um kind of the language that I use for this, like how are you can creating this container for you guys to explore this sexual spiritual experience together. Um, but then it's also important to once you've kind of created the container or opened that container, is also then to close it as well. So at the end of like a yoga practice, you might wrap your yoga mat up, you might, you know, blow a candle out, you might turn the music off. Similarly, when you're practicing tantric sex, you know, do you do you pack some things away? Do you kind of close the space down in a certain way? You know, what are you doing as a closing practice? For example, are you, um, you know, are you deciding to have an orgasm uh, at the end of your practice to to signify the end of that experience, or are you choosing to you know uh, have an ejaculation at the end of that experience to close down the practice, or are you not doing that? Are you going to do something else to kind of close down your experience and to kind of pack away that container so that you can open it up again at a later time um again those things like there's intentionality there's mindfulness and there's an awareness there that oftentimes non-tantric sex just doesn't necessarily have
0: um obviously we're love honey and we sell sex toys so um, a bit of a loaded question but do you think toys can be involved within um tantric sex
1: i personally think they can um the I know because I've been in that community before that there'll be some tantra teachers who would disagree with me, some tantric sex practitioners which will say no, um, and you know who cares? Uh, because my opinion um, is is what matters right now as I'm speaking, um, and my opinion is we can bring them in, and the way that we can is by by essentially the same principles I've been talking about: that intentionality, that mindfulness, that awareness applying those things to the toys as well, like specifically choosing a toy that you want to explore with or, you know, um, if it, and one of the reasons why maybe some um, other practitioners are not super into toys is because of the vibrations and that added extra stimulation. And so if you are kind of like not wanting to do that, there's plenty of toys out there that don't vibrate, that don't have that extra, um, you know, intense stimulation and and, you know, you can choose one of those and explore something that, that incorporates um, you know, a different element into your experience of touch, for example, right? How does it feel to explore this novel stimulation? How does it feel to explore this particular type of toy um, and the the sensation that uh, that elicits? So, again, applying those principles of like awareness, mindfulness, um, sacredness as well. Like, are you going to, you know, you can, you can bless a toy you can consecrate a toy there's all these extra like added things that you can do with a um a, a kind of a, a quote-unquote foreign object to bring that into your space and kind of um make it part of your your sexual experience in a really ritualized and and spiritual way that um you know that i think can be really a, a really beautiful practice but um that's my that's my opinion
0: and like you say it's your opinion that counts you're <laughs> not lost <the
1: best.
0: laughs> um is there anything else, Cam, we haven't touched on you think um, people should know
1: about tantric sex? Um, in terms of the basics, um, you know, tantric sex is oftentimes not goal-oriented, right? So the things that I've been um, emphasizing here is like intentionality and mindfulness and awareness. Uh, and, you know, that is that is kind of what the, the practice of tantric sex is. It's not, okay, uh, it's not like, okay, we got an orgasm or it has to look a certain way or we've got to, you know, have an ejaculation or we've got to do a particular type of sexual act, um, which, you know, oftentimes sex can be very goal-oriented for for a lot of us. So tantric sex is kind of about taking that goal away and just kind of being in the present moment and noticing what pleasurable sensations are arising and also, like, what other sensations are arising as well. Oftentimes in these really, um, like, strongly held containers where we're very intentional and mindful about the experience that we're having other emotions can pop up and it can, it can actually be quite an emotional experience particularly if you're like uh, practicing another tantric exercise which is eye gazing which is just holding your partner's gaze softly and breathing together and you know not breaking that eye contact for a, a couple of minutes that can also be a very emotionally charging experience and so tantric sex and and creating that container that I was speaking about before is also about like kind of welcoming those other experiences and emotional sensations that can arise when we're having sex and 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 not pretending that they're not there or not trying to push them and sweep them under the rug but welcoming welcoming them in and and you know essentially having a space for for you to experience and, and to heal those things that are, that are arising for you and um and so that's something I I, I thought was is important to To bring into this conversation as well as like when you're practicing these things a bit more intentionally and mindfully that they can other emotions can arise up uh, especially if you're you're starting to slow down and notice more
0: so um got any kind of resources or 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 books or tv shows or whatever it might be that people might might um you know dive into to to, to start their
1: journey on this, yeah, yeah. So um, there's a book that I would highly recommend, which is called Urban Tantra by Barbara Carellis. Uh She's been practicing, um, you know, neo tantra and, and classical tantra for for a long time, and uh, has really uh, easily read an accessible approach to to tantra in her book, Urban Tantra. Uh, and uh, there's also uh, Mantak Chia's work if you're um, if you're interested in like the the Taoist perspective that i kind of spoke about before the kind of tantric buddhist practices he's got the uh, a practice uh, a book sorry called the multi-orgasmic couple um as as well as the multi-orgasmic woman and the multi-orgasmic man but um the multi-orgasmic couple i think is really a a good resource for for people that are very new to to you know practicing any type of spirituality in their sex life i suppose um mantak gives some really uh basic and foundational practices um it requires a little bit of deciphering the language, but um, there's some really practical stuff in there alongside Barbara Correllis' Urban Tantra, which I would recommend.
0: And what about yourself, Cam? Where can where can people find you online, or, or indeed in the in the real world?
1: Ah, right. Uh, so, two two places online would be uh, my Instagram, which is at the cam Fraser in fact that that handle at the cam Fraser is me across all social media platforms so people can can tune in with me on social media Uh, and then I've also got a website which is cam-fraser.com and um, I haven't offered anything in person for a little while yet but I'm feeling the itch to do something live again so if people are tuning with me on social media they'll be able to find out when my next in-person event is brilliant thank you
0: Um, So that brings us to the end of this week's show. And to say thank you for listening, we're giving you 15% off any Love Honey purchase, whatever you fancy. Um, You can Just check out the links in the episode description and claim your discount. And if you've enjoyed this week's episode, don't forget to give us the rating you think we deserve. Maybe tell your friends and drop us a review. We'd love to know what you think. And don't forget to come back in two weeks' time for a brand new episode. Thanks again for joining us, Cam. That's brilliant. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for listening. Bye. (laughs)